0: It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle.
1: Welcome to this week's Community Conversation. Very excited. Today we have Audrey Graves in the house. She is the Director of Programs for NCECBVI, otherwise known as Nebraska Center for the Education of Children who are Blind or Visually Impaired. Audrey, welcome.
0: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. Glad to talk to you. Every time I see you, you're so busy down at the school, so I'm glad I get you for a while. (laughs) So before we get into everything that the school is all about and what you do there, can you give us a little background and how you ended up at the school?
0: I sure can. So, um I went to Wayne State College and when I graduated, I was trying to figure out well, where where do I look for a job and so on. Um I grew up in Fullerton, Nebraska and then ended up moving to Nebraska City in 99, you know, looking for, you know, trying to figure out where the jobs would be. So, I first sure. started at uh Plattsmouth High School and I taught high school special ed for 6 years. During that time I got my administrative degree. And then, um, in 2005 had my son, Ethan, and I was commuting from Nebraska City to Plattsmouth, not far, but, um, sure. kind of wanted to be back in Nebraska City. So there was an opening at NCCBVI and I thought, why not? So I got hired to teach and do some administrative duties and worked on my visual impairments endorsement at that time. And then it kind of turned into full-time administrative. Um, actually, since I talked to you last time, I've taken on a new role um, oh. as director of programs, but kind of needed a change. I, w- I wanted to uh-huh. try something else out. So I am now an outreach consultant. So I'm working more with districts, with the kids, and so on, and also doing some public relations. So, oh, good. congratulations. I've been everywhere. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, it's been fun. That's exciting.
1: Good fun. Yeah. Good good for you. So Thank you do. You've been kind of all over with this organization. So tell us all about what you do there.
0: <laughs> well, the uh, yeah. So the school actually, NCEC BBI has been around um, since 1875. Uh, wow. we served, yeah. So we've been around a long time and we have yeah. uh, children from um, infancy to age 21. Um, we, uh, provide expertise and specialized skills, um, to serve students who are blind or visually impaired in residential programs, day and outreach services. And we provide okay. services to local school districts, students, families, teachers, and support staff upon request. Wow. Since
1: 1875. Since That's
0: 1875. Incredible. Yes. So what? And-
1: I mean, why was it started? Was there a, a big need, I'm guessing? I mean, there, there, must there have been. was
0: There um, was. I think of how things must have changed from that time till now. Um, back yeah. in 1875, you know, schools for the blind um, are all around the country and all around the world. And in the past, when a student was blind or visually impaired, they went to the school for the blind because mm-hmm. they know how to educate students for blind or visually impaired. But then throughout the years, um, we look at um, IDEA, um, the Individuals um, with Disabilities Education Act, and Least Restrictive mm-hmm. Environment. You now want to have, you know, your students to go to um, their public schools first, and then right. we provide support in that way. So now, instead of every kid with blind that blind or visually impaired going to the school for the blind, now we have less numbers, but we provide services in different ways. So, um, yeah, things have just changed through the years um, in schools for the blinds throughout the country.
1: That's exciting. So now they have a choice. They can either go go somewhere close to
0: them or they can still come down to you. Yes. And everything is an IEP team decision. So everything, it's not just a a parent or a district can just say, hey, we want to send our kid to the school for the blind. It has to be a team decision on what is best um, for that student. Um, ah. we do have, um, a lot of services that we provide. I mean, so we do have instructional materials and tech support. We mm-hmm. have student and family support programs. We do assessments and evaluations, professional development and training, um, center based and residential services. That's where students do come here for our services. And we also do consultation. So it's, wow, wheel of <laughs> services and kind of like pick and choose what's the best service for you.
1: That's awesome. So let's start with the infants. So you teach from infants all the way up to 21.
0: So how does it work with the infants? <laughs> so I'm mean, I
1: guessing for the parents.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that would be more working with, um, more working with the parents. And so our, our students that come to school here, their ages, uh, five to 21. So okay. to receive School age services, it's ages five to one, but we do serve kids, um, infants, and that's more of an, a consultative or assessment, um, in, a, in that way. So our outreach consultants will work with the local school districts and service coordinators to work with early developmental services. And then typically, then that more goes, then we might consult, and then the local teacher, the visually impaired will provide those services. Um, But when you look at infancy through age 21, I had to get this number. We currently serve 789 students um, that are registered as blind, legally blind, or partially sighted. Wow. And is that just down there or is that throughout the state? That's throughout the state. Wow.
1: 789. Jeez, yeah. So there's an absolute need for this. Okay. Yes. So, and and I'm asking mostly because I just really don't know. And I've visited school many times, but mm-hmm. so when the kids start at five, is it, it's like basic school, you're going to learn everything else, but do you also work on teaching them how to get around in the world
0: yes. and work on blind skills and stuff like that? So we, we look at the individual student and what their needs are. So do, you know, do they need, um, you know, students need reading, writing and the general academics, the science, social studies, English, you know, all those things. But we also nice. um, work on something called the expanded core curriculum or nice. the ECC is what it's called. And these are all the areas that, you know, when, when you have vision, you see mm-hmm. mom doing the dishes, you see, um, someone opening the refrigerator to get things out to cook. You learn this incidentally, but when you're blind or visually impaired, you don't access Mm -hmm. that. So that's where you need to teach the expanded core curriculum in order to learn those skills of independent living, learn, what do I like rec and leisure wise? What, what activities do I want to do? So it's teaching those skills. So you gain those items that are needed in you know the daily world, that makes sense. Yeah. So
1: I was just going to then ask you about the residential day and the outreach settings that you guys have. So what are the big differences? So versus residential versus day beach versus the outreach
0: setting. So I'm guessing different skills are taught in each one. They are. So um, so on campus we we can provide day services and residential. And day services kind of, you know, look like some students, um, just come for the day. Just like if a student mm-hmm. went to their school district in, you know, Fullerton, Nebraska, yeah. a student goes there uh-huh. at eight in the morning, they go home at eight or at, not eight, at three uh-huh. thirty. Uh, we do have some students that are day students and they're dropped off in the morning. They come to school here during the day and they go home in the evening. And that's where they'll go into their schedule and work on their academics and work on their um, areas of the expanded core curriculum. That's, you know, within what we teach. Um, they eat lunch here. We do field trips. We um, it's just all about experiences and socializing with their peers and their staff, just like a typical school day. Um, sure. Some students do need residential. So our school opens our center opens Sunday evening. And right. we're 24 hours a day until Friday afternoon. Oh. Some people might ask, why do you do residential? Some mm-hmm. is because of distance. So if you live a few hours from here, it would not make sense to drive in and out every day. Right. That's a lot of time on the road. So if they live yeah, too far away, they can be here for residential. Or some students are working on skills beyond the school day. So they may work in a simulated apartment setting to work on cooking, cleaning, all the things that you have to do when you go home. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure when you go home, wouldn't it be nice to just sit on the couch or sit on the patio and do nothing? But who's going to do the, who's going to do your laundry? (laughs) That's right.
1: Still got to wash your skitties and you still got to eat.
0: Yes. Always. We teach those skills, um, that go beyond the school day. Um, so that's expanded core curriculum and transition, uh, programming. Um, yes, then there's outreach and this is the majority Uh of our program. Um, so students are in their local school districts throughout the state and teachers of the visually impaired and orientation and mobility instructors serve these students. So we provide assessment, consultation, and some direct service. Um, okay of mobility has to do with the traveling in their environment. So um, that's where we work with our awesome TVIs and o throughout the state along with their students. That's exciting.
1: I love this. So now earlier you mentioned evaluation services and assessments. So what exactly all do you evaluate? And then once you do that,
0: the evaluation, what happens then? Okay, So evaluations, school districts and teams go through and decide what they would like to have us work on, and then they fill out a request for services. This can be a psychological evaluation. Um, So we have a school psychologist here who is endorsed in visual impairments. So when she's testing, you know, there's parts of the test that are very visual and which can make scores go down because they can't access that. So she takes that into account when she is measuring, um, their intelligence levels, um, verbal, expressive, and so on. Um, we also do functional vision assessments, how a student uses their vision in their daily environment. We do nice. learning media assessment, assessment. Are they, um, learning visually, auditorily, tactually? So we look at mm-hmm. that. Um, We do the expanded core curriculum to find priority areas to work on in that. Um, Orientation and mobility and assistive tech um, evaluations. So we do that, work with the team in advance to get to know the Mm -hmm. student, actually evaluate the student. And then we come together to create a report to give information back to the team. Got it. Okay, so there's a whole team
1: involved. So is this different than your uh, consulting services, or is that kind of the same, or is that something different?
0: Well, (laughs) all of the above. I mean, all of the above, okay. (laughs) So consultation can mean a variety of things. For example, they might be asked to mentor a new teacher of the visually impaired. So uh, in smaller districts or areas, you may be the only teacher of the visually impaired in that area. So you're going in going, who do I go to? So we'll send seasoned seasoned teachers of the visually impaired out to be a mentor to um, them or to a new O&M specialist. Um, We might be asked to observe a student in the classroom and provide ideas for programming. Um, Sometimes consultation is quick and informal. It could be just answering a question or sometimes Uh it could be over time um, to work um, throughout the school year.
1: Very good. So there's so much that the school offers. It was kind of hard to narrow down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about skill training. So is that something like maybe getting them ready for to go out into the working world
0: or what is skill training? Um. So skill training. So are you talking more about the students or staff? Either or. Okay. So in in terms of staff, we do provide professional Uh development. So, um, we have something called fall foliage and spring fling. So in the oh, fall and spring, we be, bring in professionals for a day or two and we bring in, um, local trainers and also national experts to work with, um, people in certain, on certain areas. So it might be on, um, it might be on orientation mobility. It might be on cortical visual impairment. It might be on braille. So we look at what the need is and then bring them in for that training. Um, okay. We also have statewide meetings. We do workshops for Braillelist and other trainings and offerings throughout the school year. Um, so that's staff. But then students, okay. um, we do a variety of programs. Um, we have something called Braille Challenge. And yeah, so what is that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So this is a national program. So um, the Braille Institute has something called the Braille Challenge. And then there's regional programs. So students come in from throughout the state and they do a competition. Like think of a, a spelling bee where you do that. Okay. But this is all on Braille. So they work on ah. um, spelling, reading, proofreading, ma- charts and maps, and compete against other students through the state. And then if they are in the top 50 in the country, then they uh-huh. go to L.A. and do the National Braille um, challenge in LA, and we actually had a student in Nebraska who um, placed this year on a national level. Well, that's
1: cool. cool. They're going to go to LA.
0: So they went to LA in um, June, and then she placed. I think it was third in the country. Ooh, that's yeah. um, cool. That is very cool. Um, Braille Challenge will happen again on January 18th here on the oh. campus. Um, we also do cane quest and cane quest is an orientation and mobility contest for students in grades three through 12. That's going to be on November 30th. And this is where students come and show off their cane skills. They show off Uh how do you be on an elevator, on an elevator? How do you uh, find your chair? How do you do upper protective technique? Um, so they're essentially competing against themselves on their skills and how to build. Um, I love, you teach them all that, right? All yeah. The okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so the orientation mobility specialists bring them in and then they can leave and go, wow, this is an area we need to focus on more.
1: Um, yeah.
0: it's a lot of fun. Um, we also have prom in April on love April 11th. Yes. We bring in students, um, high school and transition age. Um, who are blind or visually impaired or who are around the ESU 4 area to come Mm -hmm. in and experience prom along with the social skills that go along with prom. And they have the option to spend the night here, um, along with, like, with a, um, supervisor as well. Um, lastly, we do summer camp. Um, Uh summer camp is in May. Due to construction, we had to move to a day format this last year in Lincoln. we're oh, um, going to have to do that again, uh, May 29th through the 31st. We don't have access to our dorms because of construction. Gosh, so, shoot. Okay. yeah. But this last year, we went to Memorial Stadium. We went to the zoo. We went to Morrill Hall. Um, we did all sorts of cool things um, through um th- in Nebraska with um, kids ages 5 to 21. Wow. That's cool. How long has camp been going on? Probably forever. Oh my gosh. Camp has been going. I've been here since 2005 and it's been going on before that. So it's a very loved program.
1: Oh, it is. So Ryan O, who you know, Mm -hmm. is our program director. And he wanted me to ask you, is camp like, is it the same as when I was a kid? And I said, Ryan, back in the 1800s, come on. (laughs) (laughs) When was that? When was that? (laughs) I'm going to guess. How old is he?
0: Maybe late eighties, early nineties. Okay. I bet It's changed a little. First shot to tell Ryan, I wasn't here then. Um, but (laughs) Uh there's some things that are the same and there's things that are different. So, Mm -hmm. um, summer camp, you know, when we have it on campus, the students come in and they know some people and they don't know some people. So they're rooming with, um, other peers. What's so cool is that the students all can come together and I'll hear students go, Hey, I have that. Or, Hey, I can see that, or I can't see that, or, you know, whatever it is that they, they kind of share what's unique about them. And there's that mm-hmm. common thread of a visual impairment that brings them together. And they may be the only student in their district with a visual impairment. So it's kind of that cool connection that they yeah, have with is. others that are going through some of the same challenges they are. Um, But man, it's awesome. Like we take them to the pool and a lot of these kids are just fearless and <laughs> Um they're going right. out, That's why you don't know you don't know limits until you test them. And that's what Summer Camp is about.
1: I love it. So it's just like any other summer camp. Yeah. So prom and summer camp, they both are open to anybody across the state.
0: Yes. That's open to now. That's we always we have to look at how many numbers we can realistically take, but that is open to students throughout the state.
1: Does the school help with transportation at all on that? Or is it just kind of you've got to get there and we'll take it from there?
0: Yeah, you kind of get, get there. The parents, um, do that. Sometimes the local school district will assist with that. But yeah, they do need to get here, uh, for that.
1: Got it. Okay. So you have a babies count program where you track infants and toddlers who are blind or visually impaired. And then is that added to the national registry? Yes. Or yes. how does that all work? So,
0: yeah, that's a national registry. So school staff work with families to gather this information. And okay. then that states can use the data to share information about how many students in the state have vision loss. And it can also drive what kind of professional development and training opportunities are needed um, based on this data. Got
1: it. So speaking of, okay, so if you are up to 21 years old, is it, is it like college then that they start with you guys or
0: how does that work? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, you know, students typically graduate at the age of 18. Um, I know my own, my own child just graduated in May and he's off to UNO this fall. Um, but students can, with the IEP, be in school up to the age of 21. So a lot of times that 18 to 21 program, they've fulfilled their high school, um, requirements. So right. that's where you can focus more on those areas of the expanded core curriculum. So you can work on the independent living skills, career education, um, go to job sites, find out what you like and what you don't like. Um, some right. students can even take college classes with that additional layer of support. Um, So 18 to 21 is, you know, for some students, it is like their college to get ready for that next step. Um right. We also work closely with Vocational Rehabilitation, which is the Nebraska Commission for the Blind or Visually Impaired. We mm-hmm. work very closely with them to make sure that that transition to them or transition to adult services is as seamless as possible um, for the so the student can go to adult life um, with the skills that they need. That's excellent. Can you
1: share any success stories? Oh yes. yeah, so there
0: are so awesome many. Happening. I have to narrow down. Oh, that's um, okay. Share away. Let's hear them. So we've worked with we've worked with a student that. um What was really cool in that last year, you know, as we got into second semester, they had all decided where the student would go for adult services, and mm-hmm. so we partnered up, and then we had this organization came to our school to see how we did things. We okay. sent our staff to their um, agency um, to kind of do some training and so on to get ready for the student. And then we went along with the student to go, okay, this is so-and-so, this is what works, what doesn't work and so on. And then second semester, they went to their adult program one day a week. Uh-huh. And then they went two days a week. And so and then, so when summer hit, they already had that connection They already could see what the student could do without it just being, you know, boom, this is it.
1: Um, The
0: student is currently um going to their program and working on a job site and just feels connected to their community now.
1: Oh, I love that. That is so important. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you, I really wasn't in the world of blindness until I came to Radio Talking Book Service. And I, I, I adore Ryan. I think he is one of the most amazing men out there on the planet. And I'd feel the same if he was sighted. But mm-hmm. every day, he just he just lives. And it's just a joy to be around him. And I know he's got great thoughts about the school. Every time we go back there, all the teachers remember him. And I'm like, you were in <laughs> trouble. Weren't you? It's just so wonderful to have him. And and like everybody says, oh, he's blind. I'm like, he's no different than any of us. He just can't drive a car. And I'm half tempted to give him the keys to my Jeep to knock the rust off. I'm like, go for it. But that's what I love is that we have this school here Mm -hmm. in Nebraska and that you go out to the other schools so that everybody can just be a human and
0: participate in life. And we all, all of us have our areas that we excel at. And we have our other areas that we struggle with. And, you know, people who are blind or visually impaired don't want that to be like, you know, a fear or an unknown. It's just something that is part of them. And, you know, it's exactly. about, it's about, you know, them learning how to adapt to um do what they need to do in daily life. But also it's about us. It's about us right. and going, okay, what can we do to help make the workplace or, you know, life, you know, a little bit oh my gosh. Know, much easier, but just to be able to access. Oh, absolutely. And with Ryan, like
1: I said, I'd never really thought about it. And one thing he had pointed out to me is he lives here in town in Omaha. Mm-hmm. I never noticed until he pointed out there's no sidewalks for him to get to the bus. Mm-hmm. Like that has never, and now everywhere I go, I'm like, there's no sidewalks. There's no mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing things that I would have never thought of before if I didn't have him as a friend. Yeah. And it's really amazing how much stuff is not out there for blind
0: folks. Mm -hmm. And so I get all mad now. Now I see it and I'm like, okay, I'm with you. And that's where people, you know, need to advocate in their communities because that, that all, it all comes down to access. Yeah. Um, All these things can be. It, it, all these things can be done and can happen, but you have to provide access,
1: right? And that's one thing, as you know, RTBS as well as the school. We work very hard for that because everything should be for everybody. Yeah. And I'm just really, really thrilled that we have the school. So,
0: what's coming up this fall? Anything exciting? Oh my gosh, lots of things. I'm going to grab my calendar right here. So, <laughs> no. um, so here on campus on Thursday uh-huh. we're have Husker days and Husker is starting. <laughs> Um, well, and yeah, all the Husker football things are coming up. Um, that's so th- right. Yes. So this fall, um, we do have our fall foliage, which will be our, our training event, um, that's right. for professionals, um, October 4th is a uh, sensory safari. So the Lincoln Ooh. zoo has an opportunity. So, um, individuals with disabilities and sensory needs can come to the Lincoln zoo, and okay. they provide all these different experiences to enhance um your experience at the zoo. Um oh, well. we have um a program that is called Step and it's a short-term enrichment program um that we have on October 11th through the 13th where um school districts can have um some students come to campus and work on um, kind of some specific skills. This is brand new this year. It's a pilot program. And this wow. one is on orientation and mobility, and it leads up to White Cane Day. Um, White Cane wow. Day is on October 15th, and this is all about um, showcasing everything that um, someone who is blind or visually impaired can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we do in Nebraska City, if you want to head this way, on October 31st, we have a community trick-or-treat So our students have activities and fun things that people can come and trick-or-treat. Awesome. Um, And like I said, Cane Quest is November 30th. And then we have a second step program in December that is focused on Braille and assistive technology. So that's just a little bit of everything (laughs) coming.
1: Right. You are also busy down there and I am personally so grateful that you all exist. I, I'm just thrilled and I can't wait to come back down and visit again because it's always a good time. So if somebody wants more information, whether they want to participate in an event
0: or get signed up for school, what is a good website? Website is our acronym. So it's N-C-E-C-B-V-I.org or okay. you can call us at 402-873-5513.
1: Five five one three four zero two eight seven three five five one three. Yes, perfect. Well, I know that there's so much more we could talk about. And again, Audrey, thank you so much for all that you do, and congrats on your new position. That's thank exciting. Thank you very much. Yes, it's exciting. Yes. And um, we'll be down to visit, I'm sure. And anytime you're in Omaha, you come see us. And Absolutely. thank you so much for taking the time today. All right, thank you so much. You bet. Thank you so much for listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book Service.
0: You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.